Hello and welcome to episode 13 of the Life is Storytelling podcast. I'm your host, Chris Pierce. It is the weekend. It's a gaming episode. In the first half, we're going to be going over some gaming news from the past week, just some updates and stuff that have been provided, and then our thoughts on those. And in the back half, we're going to be talking all things Last of Us, original Last of Us, Last of Us 2, the TV show, what we're hoping for it, and then of course... With its release, um, our thoughts on them even making a Last of Us Part 1. And then we will be wrapping things up with what we've been playing. I will be joined today with by Ash and Ernest. And with that, let's go ahead and get into it. Okay, I am here with Ernest. What it do, baby boo? All right. And Ash. Hi. All right. <laughs> so in the first half of this, we are going to be talking some gaming news, uh, just some updates that came up over the week that I wanted to talk about. So first off, a little bit on the business side, um, some percentage or percentages of From Software, pretty popular company most gamers know, was purchased by Sony and Tencent Games. Um, Sony now owns 14.9% and Tencent owns 16.25%. Um, a lot of people are blowing it out of proportion on both the good and negative, like the positive and negative side. Cause a lot of people are like, Oh, PlayStation's going to get all the exclusives now. That's not how that works. Um, and then people are worried that ten that, uh, Tencent is going to be helping or having their own games made from, from so- buy from software, which is also not how that works. They're pretty much just going to be making money off whatever from software puts out with how well Elden Ring sold. I, Anybody who has money in that company is going to be doing great. <laughs> um, Ernest, what are your thoughts on it? Well, the way that I understand things, which anytime that I say that, I'm liable to be completely wrong. <laughs> but um, the way that I understand things is like them being shareholders and stuff. They're also going to invest in these games that FromSoft is putting out. Um, because they definitely want the best product possible out there, right? So they'll be investing in this, which will only give FromSoft bigger budgets. Um, hearing, you know, seeing FromSoft come out and say like, hey, we're still going to make our own games. Like, don't get it twisted. They made, they made a whole statement. And for them to come out and say that and now like have these, you know, what what some would consider powerhouses, right um behind them and just just there for you know monetary type situations it seems not to like sway from soft one way or the other um i think we're gonna get really good things from this like imagine elden ring with a bigger budget bro like it's gonna be stupid you know what i mean it's gonna it's gonna be even like more beautiful it's gonna be more polished it's going to be bigger maybe you never know what you could get like um Budget has made and just uh, made some things, and it's also broken things, yeah. right? And um, I think that uh, it's it's a really good situation that we're getting out of this. Yeah, and I'm also not worried about any of that shit that you were saying that uh, people were saying online. That's that's cool. So um, I don't have much to say on it. I think it's unique i guess a unique scenario unique situation i guess from an investment point of view i kind of wonder what kind of games are to be announced soon um because i wonder if it actually is a good investment opportunity for others that can buy stocks from the same company because 
I would kind of see it as like foreshadowing towards another big project that they're anticipating. Yeah, that they might know something that we don't know with like insider trading, right? That I wonder if this isn't just like an investment opportunity based off of past games that they've sold out on, but like upcoming games. So might be something worth keeping track on for like monetary purposes, right? Yeah, absolutely. I actually hadn't thought about that. Then again, I don't know shit about business. So that's awesome. Um, <laughs> but again, even with this, um, I think a lot of the reason it's, if anything happens with From Software, it makes headlines. They could, one of you, you see the, the director of the games and you're just like, he's getting a Subway sandwich. It's going to make news. It's just the fans of them are so dedicated. Yeah. yeah. You got to be to get through those boss fights. <laughs> and the long and the usual long wait times between titles um but moving on another update that was released um i want to say it was yesterday it might have been the day before um assassin's creed mirage was it was leaked and then they officially announced it um good job ubisoft uh <laughs> but all that was released was one image showed kind of like an a uh, you know the if you know the assassins get up it looks pretty much like the old school ones like it, it could have been Who's the first one? I think it's Altair from Assassin's Creed yeah. One. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, that's Ezio. That, that was Spain, wasn't it? Oh man, now I don't know where the first one was located. But the second, no, because the third one's in Italy. There, no, they're different areas, aren't they? Anyway, to say we all haven't played a set, I was going to say the last one that came out was literally Vikings. <laughs> <laughs> as you know vikings take place in Italy. um so if it wasn't clear neither one of us well i can say i've touched assassin's creed valhalla because it was one of the two like launch titles that came out with the ps5 um that game is fucking huge and i did not beat it so i uh, it was good from what I played, but yeah, we're neither none of us here are really in tune with the franchise. I'm always curious where it's going to go, because I was really big into it when I was a kid, and I really thought like we were getting to the end of it when I was a kid. <laughs> Desmond Miles. I was the only because my friends and I would talk about it at school, right? Because Assassin's Creed and Bioshock came out very close together, and you talk about the games you're playing, right? And um, I was the only one of my friends that in Assassin's Creed, of course, I enjoy the fantasy element where you're going in the machine and you go to whatever p part of history. But I was really curious about like what's going on in the in between. Who is Desmond Miles? What's what, like you walk around the facility and stuff. Um, I was the only one who was like, man, I'm so curious about this part. And they're like, nah, that's boring. I want to go kill things, which I get. Um, but he died a long time ago in the games. And I'm just like, wow. But uh, along with that, that reveal, the Ubisoft does have a direct, uh, direct of sorts called Ubisoft Forward coming out next Saturday, which we're going to watch and report on afterwards. Um, what are y'all's thoughts on Assassin's Creed or Ubisoft titles in general? Um, just like Chris said, dropped off after probably the third game. Um, but you did bring up a good point about always keeping track of it. It is one of those titles that just kind of stuck with me of like, it could come back. It yeah. could be really good. Like, personally, I wasn't a fan of the whole Bowden aspect of it. Um, so that's honestly when I dropped off. Um, but, you know, definitely curious to see if they might bring it back to how it well, used to feel. Yeah. It's like, you know what? 
Yeah, it does. It, yeah, it depends on the setting. So. So I also dropped off at the exact same time. I played up to the Ezio saga, and then that I was like, yeah, "Okay, good job, I'm done." And then, and then, um, but like, they uh, and those and they were great games. Um, but it it started getting to the point where it was like you know like Call of Duty or like Madden or like 2K or something where it's just like uh just a polished version of last year's game you know what i mean and then the to their benefit to their benefit though they have the um ability to change the setting and stuff like that and and in that way keep it fresh and i know that like by stopping the series um for myself that I've missed out on a couple of gems from what I hear from people like a lot of people love Black Flag and stuff like that and I've I've heard people speak highly of like all of their games Origins and Valhalla even and um but I also hear the other side of it yeah. where like people are like fuck these dang goddamn games like fuck fuck them um with a passion you know so um I'm not sure if I'll ever really get back into it um, but the things that I read on, on, uh, what is it? Mirage, uh, seem pretty cool that it, he starts off as like a thief and then you eventually become an assassin and stuff. And that feels more akin to what we got in like the first game yeah. and, and, uh, and Ezio's as well. And, um, so if they're going back to kind of like the formula that I appreciated before, yeah, definitely. And at the same time, I might touch black flag someday, stuff like that, but we'll see. We'll see. It's on PlayStation Plus. There you go. Promoting PlayStation Plus. Um, I will say, so I did, I ended up touching Black Flag years late. <laughs> um, it was back when rentals were a thing. And um, I completely agree. The boating stuff was rough. Still not. But outside of that, it's still the best. Well, it's the only one I can think of. A very good pirate game. Because there's a lot of stuff you can do off the boats. And I spent a lot of my time just avoiding that boat as much as I could. <laughs> Because I, I, I am not a big naval combat fan, um, which is why I'm also skeptical about Skull and Bones. But I'm trying to, like, we'll see what Ubisoft, the Ubisoft Forward shows and all that. But you're right. You're completely right. Um, with Because uh, I think the details are kind of speculation at the moment. I don't think there's a ton out there. Um, but even just the image alone, it kind of gives the vibe of, like, we're going back to the... And it's supposed to be, like, a Middle East. I, th- I think so. Yeah. Um, I'll be curious because again, like it was a big thing in my childhood, and I just want to. I'm rooting for him. Cool yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's just a very interesting franchise, and it's but at the same time, it's always one like you don't have to be like oh, I have to go play this one to go play this one, play right. this one to go that one. Right. Um, but yeah. So, in another piece of news, uh, Ash was really happy about this. So we are all pretty big fans of the Forest here. I say that I only played it because Ash here got me into it. It is very fun. I love me some survival horror, and you add some. Oh, I accidentally said horror. Survivalist like games, and then add horror into it. Um, but Sons of the Forest, the sequel, was unfortunately delayed to early 2023. I'm pretty sure nobody's that surprised these days, or like super shocked about like a game getting delayed. It's pretty commonplace. These pretty commonplace now. It's more surprising for the game to come out when you know about it. We were just talking about Skull and Bones. That thing was announced like over seven years ago. <laughs> Ooh, but yeah, um, 
Ernest, have you played The Forest? Do you care about this franchise at all? So there was one night when y'all all got on The Forest, and I was like super excited for it. But then my dad came to fix my sink and it took all night. And I was super sad about it and we never got back on. So I'm still I'm still crying about it. Um, I still have to play the first one. So it's cool if they stalled on the second. But that's just me, baby. So the forest did actually surprisingly have a story to it. Um, you don't have to play it for the story which I think is what made it such a fun game. Because um, I had played it when it first came out, because I remember seeing like trailers on and everything. And I played it on probably one of the worst laptops to even try and play any games on. Um, so I literally couldn't chop, chop down a tree to like save my life. <laughs> so I was getting raided constantly. Um, still absolutely love the game. Uh, got the chance later on to pick it up again with a couple of friends. It's definitely one of those games that if you play with friends, you could ultimately do anything that you want with it um as long as you have the resources um and then just the bads that you come across it's one of those games where if you do follow the story it's actually pretty unique um it's a father that flies down in a plane and it crashes and he loses his son ultimately to find out that his son is actually still alive um Spoilers. it's the first game man <laughs> it's been out for years <laughs> Yeah, it's been out for years. You find your son, but he's like demented in a way. Um, and it just kind of cuts off to you kind of escaping the island or like hinting to it. It's been a while since I played it, so I'm probably just like scratching the like surface of, you know, the actual story too. Yeah, but like the big bads you come across, the different cave systems that you explore, like, yeah, they are interesting, they are creepy when they show up at night, and you're, if you don't have a treehouse, what are you doing, you know, (laughs) because some of them can jump too, it's just, it, the horror aspect especially to these games I think makes it really interesting, they're really creative with what they came up with for the kind of cannibalists that are coming after you, you know, and you're sitting there kind of questioning like, how how does this person have so many legs, you know? Or, like, what is that big blob of stuff coming after me, right? Like, why does it sound like that, you know? So if you haven't played the Forest games, it's definitely something that I'd recommend playing regardless. Even with the second one, I guess, being expected soon, sadly being delayed, um, the first one still definitely has a lot of playability to it i think i still i see a lot of streams actually of people still playing the forest like you could do whatever you want with it basically and then yeah and then you get the fear aspect aspect of it so it's also just as exciting yeah i definitely remember the fear aspect (laughs) because i didn't know what i was getting into when we when we jumped on ash it was me you and uh our friend justin and um man, things just pop out behind you if you're not paying attention. So you got to be careful. But um, I'd be curious if y'all, if we all end up jumping into it, I'm, I'm obviously for it. Ernest, you can wait to last minute and then just not hop on like usual. Um, moving on to uh, the next piece of news, some news in the Nintendo world. Um, we got a new Pokemon revealed. And I, I've seen back and forth on it online. That tends to be with Pokemon regardless these days. Um, but it's, if I'm, I might be pronouncing it wrong, but I believe it's Griffify. <laughs> it is a poison, normal type, monkey-looking Pokemon. I, I would say it looks like a monkey. I think it's adorably ugly, and I, I want that on my team. In terms of this new set of Pokemon games, I haven't been down for every update they've provided on it. 
So I'm happy to see a Pokemon that's new that I'm like, you know what? I love you. And you know, I'd take a bullet for you. Damn. I might ruin this Pokemon for you, but it looks like it's bipedal. <laughs> Which is a common problem yeah. or a common complaint, actually, I should say, about Pokemon to begin with is why they always have to be bipedal. Like, why are all of the cats bipedal all of a sudden? Right, you know, true. so it's it's a common complaint that's like, is this one going to be bipedal? <laughs> but I think monkeys are usually, I think monkeys are usually, they, they're on their feet. Right? Okay, well, you're wrong because it's a Pokemon. What? It's a Pokemon. Okay, yeah. So it's not a monkey. What's a <laughs> you're wrong. I is it not a it's not a monkey Pokemon? Oh no, she's. Yeah, I was like, oh, it's not a monkey, it's a Pokemon. Oh, I'm a silly man. Okay, um, I love it. It's it's so cute. It reminds me of my ex. Oh, I'm just playing. <laughs> what was going on with these? If anybody is listening. I'm not talking about any of you specifically. <laughs> All right. My exes are yeah, yeah. It's not about you. It's not you. It's the other one. Someone's out there. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I'm gonna get stabbed. So, um, no, yeah, it's it's cool. I know they've been doing. Um, we've got quite a few monkeys over the years, right? Yes. Just like different types of monkey Pokemon. But um, this is probably like the most unique looking that I've seen in a while. Yeah. Um, and then I mean, like I I dabbled in Shield, right? Like the the last one that I played all the way through was like Moon. Um, so I've been it's fairly recent. What's that? Like two games ago, three games ago, something like that. Um, but yeah, see, I didn't play any of the Ultra versions or anything like that. But um, like I enjoyed it, and then uh, Shield, like I just I just couldn't push all the way through it for some reason um i think i was mostly distracted by other stuff but it just didn't grip me like it used to hopefully this next one is more enjoyable for me and i'm able to like stick with it so we'll we'll see we'll see how it goes but as far as new pokemon though super hype yeah, yeah I, I i enjoy his whole vibe man yeah um regardless of what you think about the games i think pretty regularly the designs are pretty 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 top notch um so are you gonna get the new pokemon game yes okay yeah but i mean we're gonna be able to play it on a tv right. you thought the ps5 jokes were bad <laughs> switch live no 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 i'm kidding i'm kidding um especially at this point you might as well just wait for a new one um is that anticipated at some point <laughs> But that this console is very old at this point. Oh, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, there could be a whole conversation about that. Um, but I'm fairly. If you get on Twitter, almost like every other week or something, there's like the what is it? The Nintendo Nintendo Switch Pro or something. It's coming. It's right around the corner. It's nothing. The OLED was the closest we're probably going to get for that. And even from that, like it wasn't enough. That's like the like the definition of like. Um, OLED essentially is is like a luxury P- uh, switch. It, it has a bigger screen, and it does apparently have like a better definition. Um, and I, but it's like all small improvements. I've never gone to a Nintendo game for the graphics. Exactly, exactly. So. You don't need to. They know what they're doing. No, yeah, they make. It. They just don't listen to the fans. Uh, <laughs> they don't give a 
They don't. Yeah. They don't. Well, I like to think they do, but then they don't. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then um, getting the, I mean, everyone wanted a sequel to Pokemon Snap like after it came out, and we just got that like two years ago. It was like, oh my god. Um, but back on track to the gaming news. So next thing I have up here is Xbox has made an uh, made it pretty clear that they are wanting to put Overwatch, Call of Duty, and Diablo on Game Pass. Um. This isn't anything current because that uh, that whole buyout still going on. It is being investigated by the literal government. <laughs> I believe foreign governments are even looking into it at this point. The um, Microsoft purchasing um, Blizzard and uh, Activision okay. with a buyout like that. So a monopoly. You know, right. like uh, at this point, anything Disney buys is investigated to avoid a monopoly mm-hmm. to make sure a monopoly is not going down. Right. Um, and obviously Activision and Blizzard is a huge company and it's been purchased and they, they have to make, they have to go through like all these like hoops to go through it. And of course Microsoft has the money to just be like, take your time. So, um, but they are wanting to put those titles on there. They've already made it clear that they're not trying to take any, any of these titles off of PlayStation, which I think is great for gamers, of course. Um, and again, Overwatch two is going to be free to play anyway, but, um, I, it will probably be a pretty big thing for people who have access to Game Pass to be able to play some of these newer titles. Because Diablo 4 is supposed to be coming out next year. And I, I know that franchise is well-loved. <laughs> um, and then, of course, Call of Duty is still one of the most the best-selling franchises out there. Um, but do either of y'all have any, any thoughts on it? I guess I'm really glad to hear that PlayStation will still be keeping up with any games released by Blizzard or Activision because those are two major brands to be, you know, to lose out on. And then even Diablo. Diablo has a massive fan fan base, so I personally would hate to lose out on any of those titles. I play all of them quite significantly from, you know, shooters to shooter to... <laughs> shooter to shooter to, you know, Diablo, which is probably cherished now, I think, personally. It's definitely... It's some people's favorite franchise. It's definitely a big investment to make, but for a company like that too. That uh, speaking on investments, I think it's another thing that like having a company make a big buyout like that once that gets approved. I wonder what that'll look like stock wise. Like, do you have to invest in Microsoft specifically in order to invest in Blizzard or Activision? I don't know how that works, but I'd be interested to look into that on like a financial side. Yeah. So. Yeah, I don't know shit about money, <laughs> uh, but. I can't speak on being also being happy. Uh, y'all, y'all got that, man. <laughs> but I can speak on being happy about you know those games just being able to stick around on other platforms because, uh, like, again, they're they're great games. And if I don't get my Overwatch, I'll fucking freak. <laughs> I I took like a, a year or two off just to like it, that was like like me weaning myself off because i was like so addicted to that shit it ran overwatch ran my life for like years it it like ruined relationships for me and stuff and i'm not mad about it like i'd do it again i'd fucking i'd fucking do it again and um so so yeah it's it's just great like i get why exclusives have to happen um you know they like Companies want to put out their own stuff and, and they have to like draw in people to buy their stuff. Like I get it. But when a game is shared between um, 
you know, different platforms, it's it's even better. Just for the gaming community in general, uh, for the fans. And uh, and we're also getting to see more and more cross-play uh, among, amongst different games. Uh, well, hopefully we will get even more because PlayStation's been the one really not playing with everybody on that. Right. And damn you for that shit, man. Like, I want to... Sony, I want to play with, with my friends, man. And Microsoft, it always... The way that they report the news, and I don't know the whole thing, huh. but it seems like Microsoft is so down for cross-play. Yeah. They're like, yeah, let's do it, Sony. And Sony's like, no, I don't want to. Okay, maybe just a little bit, you know? And so the parts that they have allowed is great. Um, like, I want to play with my friends on PC. I want to play with my friends on Xbox and stuff like that. Like, I've lost touch with some people because we used to game and then when you know the next generation came out they went xbox instead of playstation and stuff and fuck y'all for that first of all but (laughs) i (laughs) but like um yeah i want more of those opportunities so definitely like i think um allowing for titles to be on different systems is the first step in that so hopefully that leads towards crossplay and stuff like that. Hopefully Sony fucking comes around, man. Well, they have started. Um, grand, albeit slow. Wait, isn't PlayStation still planning on getting Discord? Yes, Xbox actually just got it, and, and PlayStation announced they were going to get it first. <laughs> yeah, 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 but I wonder if like, granted, this may sound just like nonsense to somebody who doesn't know much about like the PC gaming side. Dis- Discord is very popular amongst PC users, right? Microsoft was primarily a computer company. I don't know. To kind of further explain with like PC, streamers use it to keep up with chats outside of actually streaming. So they'll have a kind of a community developed in Discord. Um, I mean, you can have clubs running out of Discord. Schools actually have started using Discord as well as a resource. Um, Yeah, to keep up with different clubs, once again, to keep up with announcements as well. Um, I think Discord specifically has been advertising that they have like like for teachers to set up Discord channels as well. Yeah, I think to be able to limit what people can do, of course, in order to keep it in more of a classroom setting. But Discord is absolutely massive so to be able to have it on platforms like xbox or playstation not only allows for more connection with other communities like being able to cross platform with people now even on xbox if they're using discord but also on pc that i think we've run into the issue before where some of our friends play on their pc um and so they don't get just to chill in the chat with us when we're playing on playstation and they they just miss miss out on the chit chat that we could have with them you know um so having something like that is huge honestly yeah no absolutely and i i've never been part of like a group that really uses utilizes it but i definitely see other people doing it and I, i didn't realize like even schools and stuff it's spread everywhere Get on a PlayStation. They're a little slow to a lot of things. Um, but to your, to something you said earlier about like, you understand how, why exclusives matter, like why they happen. Um, and I believe it was this week, if it wasn't last, Phil Spencer, the head of Xbox, literally said, I do believe at some point we're going to be seeing the end of exclusives. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. This isn't a right or wrong situation. That's not even what the topic is. Um, Nintendo, I think, has the most exclusives. <laughs> um but uh oh i guess you could count pc as well i just i i probably hone in on sony specifically because that's my brand yeah. and 
it's my brand and I need it now. Yeah, and I just need to uh, eight seven seven play with my friend. Cash now. I hope you get paid for that. Thanks. I'm pretty sure they don't. I don't know if they're a thing anymore. <laughs> That's the first sponsor for my podcast. I would play it. I'd play it, baby. Oh man. We we only know about them because of cable. Yeah, but nobody has cable anymore. And so, like, that's the only reason you haven't heard about. No, 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 none of us do anymore. Nobody that listens to this podcast has cable. Warning in the podcast, just like to start off to be like, we get distracted. Oh, fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's definitely a thing. It's definitely a thing. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, I thought it was interesting because not only that with Phil Spencer talking about like exclusives, he he sees them going a different way. I definitely think his thought on it is influenced because like I I made a joke about it earlier. Xbox doesn't even want to be a console company anymore. They want to be an app you download on another console or on a smart TV, which has already started. You download the Game Pass, you play it somewhere. They don't want to make consoles anymore. I don't know when that will officially stop. They don't have plans for that. Um, and that's a at first when I heard it, no joke. I was a I was just a Sony brat, and I was like, "What an idiot!" They're doing phenomenally. <laughs> They're doing very well. Um, they're probably the cheapest way you can stay up to date with current games. With the Xbox Series S, which I have, um, it's like three hundred bucks, and you just pay fifteen bucks a month with game. Well, it's ten bucks a month for just Game Pass. Fifteen if you want to get the Xbox Live. And game Pass has so much. Game Pass has a lot, and they uh, all Xbox Sweet titles. They get day one Xbox titles, Xbox titles, and Starfield coming out next year. That's the reason I got it. Um, but yeah, no, it's just interesting uh, the way you, the way that companies can look at something because obviously Sony is a company that thrives on its exclusives. Granted, they've given a little more wiggle room now because I mean, we just got um, the what was a PlayStation exclusive with Spider Man that just went to PC last week, and. Um, I'm pretty sure God of War went to PC this year as well. So it's obviously something they're looking at motioning towards. Obviously, I think it's easier or they're more willing to put stuff on PC rather than like see a PlayStation title on Xbox. <laughs> um, but they're just waging their own wars. They're just doing their own things. Obviously, it's viewed as competition and from like a an earnings perspective, it is. But I mean, they're just doing what they're doing. Yeah. Um, just, a, just an interesting way to look at all of it. But... Um, the next thing I have up here is a game that we all love and cherish. We've all beaten. None of us have ever complained about before. So Cyberpunk 2077. I'm just kidding. I'm the only one here who's beaten it. <laughs> um, Cyberpunk, the CD Projekt Red, the creators of Cyberpunk. Oh, I'm, I am proud of it. I enjoyed the game. I will not defend its launch. I will, I will not defend its launch. <laughs> um... So, uh, CD Projekt Red did announce that they're going to be having a stream c- coming up this Tuesday, September 6th, and they're going to be going over updates of the future of the game and whatnot. And people, including myself, are assuming we're probably going to... There's been rumors about like an expansion coming, DLC and whatnot. I, I hope this doesn't sound insulting, but now that the game's finished, um, I think now's a good, pretty good time to start announcing these things. What do y'all think? I'm super excited for it. I've been rooting for this game for so fucking long, and I've been wanting them to do well, and I got it day one, and I didn't keep playing it, because it was just, yeah, it was rough. It was a very rough launch. Because you had it on PS4, right? Yeah, I had it on PS4. So, 
yeah, the not to say that the PS5 and Xbox X didn't have issues, but the older consoles definitely struggled a good bit more. Right, right. That was definitely uh, one of the prime times that I started being like, okay, it's like really, really, really time to upgrade. Like I'm fucking missing out. But then lo and behold, everybody had everybody fucking issues everybody. with that thing. Um, but I, I really have been rooting for it. Um, I... I lo- I just love the concept so much, you know, and in all the potential in the world is there, and I just I I was really rooting for that launch. I'm really rooting for this comeback now. Like now to the, it was like everybody. It was so anticipated, and then now suddenly because of that launch, it's like the underdog, and I'm rooting for it like the underdog. When before it was like being like praised and all this stuff before it came out. Um, it's just kind of flip-flopped on us but uh, i just i want to see it do well i want to play it and have a good time and be like immersed in this world and i want keanu reeves just <laughs> like in my face take that as you will and he's i <laughs> he's a sex symbol man um but no no i, I want what, what was his name johnny uh johnny silver baby that's that's just, just so dope dog. like i want it to work so I don't have much to say on it. I tried playing it and it just, it wasn't for me. Um, this actually kind of gave me p- the perspective now that whenever I hear that a game is taken like seven years to complete, um, it actually b- makes me concerned mm-hmm. because it brought up a lot of questions with this game of how many times they actually just had to remake it mm-hmm. instead of how much they were still progressing on it within those years because technology was just advancing too fast. Then now whenever I hear a game that's like, oh, it's been seven years since it's been announced, it's been six years that since it's been announced that I kind of just become hesitant about it. Okay. Like I do have to say uh-huh. we, we did just talk about it, Dead Island, mm-hmm. Dead Island 2. I'm I'm concerned about it as well that I just wonder how many times that they had to reset production because it no longer actually fit with the value of games that were coming out. Just to speak on the Dead Island point, that's a fantastic point. I just learned. Um, it apparently the the production of Dead Island Two has apparently changed hands from like com- whole companies twice. Technically three times if you count that the first person let it go, <laughs> went to another company, they started it. Nope, let it go. Um, but I, to that end, I think that even more on what I said the last time we went over Dead Island 2, they did a great, because that's obviously going to be in your mind, that's when you come out with a full gameplay demo and not just a cinematic trailer. You, they, they showed us a lot, and I, I, that makes me feel better about it. You're completely right about those like reservations, and um, we'll have to see. Of course, there's, there's, that, that's always going to be the ultimate answer, no matter what, but... Um, I just think they handled it really well. And to kind of follow off of, I guess, the the skepticism that I do have, the most recent graphics cards that got released mm-hmm. were massive. Even the lowest kind of graphics card that you could get, which I think was the 3060. Mm-hmm. That in itself was more powerful than any graphics card that you could get previously. Mm-hmm. So to give you an idea, if you're running computers then off of way lower graphics cards, there's less that you can do. There's less that ultimately you can create. So with just this biggest change in how they're making graphics cards, how they're making CPUs, it's so much more advanced that if they had to probably remake, and I'm not, you know, a game designer, I'm not actually like, I don't make games, I don't play a part in any of that. I can only imagine though, if they had that technology, say three years ago versus this year, the past two years, um, how much more 
they would be able to do within that small time frame versus seven years worth of dealing with older computers, older systems, older memory systems, older, you know, that that also feels kind of the skepticism of how much were you actually able to do with all of that time? And to that point, um, I think if Cyberpunk brought anything good to the gaming community, it was lessons learned. And um, like from that and from uh, what else had a rough launch kind of recently? I mean, No Man's Sky. Yeah, yeah. I that I get it. I, I was never able to get back into No Man's Sky and I'm sorry for it. I have a lot of friends that play that I want to play with and just not that game. And I was like, damn it. Like I wanted to like it so bad, but it's definitely like one of the most niche things to, to play. I, I definitely get it. And even me, someone who does enjoy it, I have to be in like a specific mood to be out there. It's just wandering around in space. But hopefully a lot of lessons have been learned from CD Projekt Red and this whole launch thing. Um, And hopefully these companies like the ones making Dead Island, like anything that has been delayed for an extended period of time, have learned those lessons and know, like, if you're going to come with it, you know, take, fuck it, take your time, you know. And if you need that extra time to perfect it, then do that. But don't take that extra time and then come with the bullshit, you know. So hopefully that lesson has been learned and we don't see much more of it. It's probably inevitable that we will um, just because of the nature of the beast, you know. But hopefully we see less of it at the very least. The important. Oh, I think it's also. So I also think it's important to state CD Projekt Red, obviously, more specifically, Cyberpunk 2077 had a very rough launch. Um, that was not on the developers. They, the owners and the company and whatnot, CEOs, it's already been announced that they really pushed for just put it out there. And also the people who are like physically making these games, they aren't the ones that set up the trailers and the stuff that showed what they what essentially happened was we saw like ps5 and xbox series x footage when they were promoting that it works on both and looks the same on both systems um the people that work on these games get a lot of flack for when this shit happens and it's just like think a little bit like they they they're making it and they they're putting their heart and soul into this and and you you shouldn't be giving giving the, the giving them the crap for this. Get, get, give it to the people that are just really filling their pockets from that release. And that's who I mean, though, because oh, and yeah, and that's what I mean. Like, if if you are the motherfucker filling your pockets off this shit, then hopefully you learn the lesson to just let these motherfuckers take their time and put out a good product, or else you're not gonna be lining your pockets with shit. Right? You're right, but I think yeah. what's going on right now with WB. And them still doing like financially fine. We'll we'll see what lessons actually get learned. We'll see how long that lasts. WB comes up a lot. Last thing I wanted to bring up since we were just talking about Cyberpunk, we did just watch the trailer for Cyberpunk um, 2077 Edge Runners coming to Netflix on the 15th, being made by Trigger, obviously being put out on the Netflix streaming service. I think it looks really good. I think it looks really fun. I think it's giving you everything people wanted to get immersed in in the Cyberpunk world. This looks like it's that times like a thousand. And it's just really pretty because they're a really good animation company. Do y'all plan to watch? Most definitely, baby. That shit looks so dope. 
Um, like you said, it's everything that I wanted that I thought I was going to get in the game. You know what I mean? Um, so yeah, it looks amazing, and you see like a bunch of uh, you see a bunch of like abilities that that were in the game, like being performed in that trailer, just like in brief little clips and stuff, and it's so well put together. Um, with the little soundtrack that they had and, yeah. and just all the crazy fucking visuals. Like, it's like sensory overload, you know? And I love that type of shit. So, uh, just bright colors and, and it's not safe for work. Don't you open that up at work? I'll tell you what. But yeah, super hyped for it. Um, can't wait to watch it. I'm, I'm definitely excited for it, actually. Um, it looks art style looks beautiful looks perfected um color wise i mean the color spectrum that you just see in the trailer alone is absolutely mesmerizing it's yeah it's beautiful and definitely with the sensory overload is a good remark on it because it is but it's also like it's so visual that you just kind of stay stuck looking at the screen i think even with just the trailer so i I think that the anime will hold up with that. Absolutely. Um, and though I feel like it's going to be like side stories in the cyberpunk universe, which is totally fine. It's a huge thing. You can do whatever. Um, give us like, give us like a Keanu in the background. Come on, come on. Just, oh, just, just a little. Yeah. The, the first yeah. You can literally, cause he's part of a band. That's like a huge thing in the cyberpunk world. And I just would love it if they were like at one of his shows. He doesn't even have to have lines. Obviously I don't think he speaks Japanese. Ah, dude, I would love it. I'd love it so much. But with that, that wraps us up on what our news segment. On the other half, we're going to be talking all things Last of Us. All right, and we are back. Going to be talking all things Last of Us. Um, we're going to be going over Last of Us 1, Last of Us 2, our feelings of the franchise, our favorite moments, least favorite moments, whatnot. Um, and then, of course, we're definitely going to be getting to, into thoughts about the it's a remake, but I'm just going to call it the rebuild so it doesn't get confusing since we've had two versions of this already. Last of Us Part 1, the rebuild that is PS5 exclusive that came out today. Um, Ash, what are your thoughts on Last of Us? I I love the games. I absolutely do. Um, I think I think they're worth playing time and time again, um, especially if you're just wanting to feel sad, I guess. Um, just like... Yeah, just like refreshing my mind on like some of the things that I experienced in The Last of Us 1 and The Last of Us 2 is like back to crying again, like back to being sad. You know, there's so many tragic things that just happen, Mm -hmm. whether it's like new characters you're being introduced to or it's old characters. Rip Joel. (laughs) Um, I'm just going to give a spoiler warning now. I'm sorry for that. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Spoiler warning for the whole thing. We're going to be going into detail about a lot of loss essentially um i guess just in general though playability wise just from a game perspective aside from the amazing storytelling it's a really fun game to play through and personally for me i'm a first person shooter when it comes to just a majority of the video games that i play getting used to third person again I thought would be more difficult, at least from the gap that I experienced from The Last of Us 1 to The Last of Us 2, um, to then playing first-person shooters in between. It wasn't that hard. It's not a difficult game to get into. It's not a difficult shooter to master. It's not a difficult perspective to get used to um, by any means. I think just in general, not only are these games actually extensively long, the amount of intricate puzzles that you have to figure out you know how to get out of a room how to get into a room and so on and so forth from both the first and the second um 
also are really well done. Just overall storytelling, absolutely impeccable to gameplay, easy to get into, easy to learn, easy to, you know, continue with, um, to then just puzzle wise or brain teasers or however you'd like to put it. You're just constantly being stimulated by this game in both good and bad. <laughs> so overall, I love these damn games, man. Like there haven't been that many gaming experiences that have invoked so much emotion in me, you know? Like this these games make you feel some shit, man. Like uh there's certain scenes that I think of that like if you like I said earlier, uh, to y'all um, off of the podcast, if you had a dry eye or if your jaw wasn't on the floor for some of these scenes, if it wasn't one of the two, like you don't have a soul, man. <laughs> like, because this stuff is heavy, heavy. Um, and like you said, it's it's a very easy game to pick up. It's done so well. It plays so well. Um, you know, through all of them, like I didn't experience uh, all of them, both of them, I didn't experience very many bugs or anything. Um, and it's all just very like I, I don't want to say straightforward, but just easy to play. We could just say easy to play, and. But sometimes tough to get through because, God damn, those stories. Yeah, and it's just, like you said, so well told. And uh, they really make you care about characters like not a lot of games do. Um, they didn't focus too much on the story or too much on the gameplay. You get like an even spread of everything, in my in my opinion. And um, they do it so well so well and they know they really know how to drive a story with gameplay and ah it's it's nuts man this series will forever hold a place in my heart it is a very dark place in my heart but it is a place in my heart nonetheless so i'm the only one here who doesn't like it i'm just kidding (laughs) (laughs) Uh, that's what if he was here he doesn't dislike it but anyway i'm not gonna defend him um so I can echo everything y'all have said. It is, I love this game series. I remember playing through the first one again, in case it wasn't her before we are going into spoilers every, t- cause I've played it through the first one multiple times that the way that game opens up, I almost forget every time I'm playing it where you're not right. You don't have Ellie yet. You're Joel with his actual daughter, his daughter, Sarah, and it's Joel's birthday. Mm-hmm. And that same night, Everything goes down, and it is, oh my god, it's so heartbreaking. It is so heartbreaking, but you know what? It is so good. Uh, If Inside Out taught me anything, just because something's sad doesn't mean it's bad. I thought that you were saying that his daughter dying is not a bad thing. (laughs) No, that's why I said sadness. Just because something's sad doesn't mean... It definitely drives that story. So to kind of follow up with the daughter, I noticed with kind of refreshing up on information and it was something that I think was talked about a while back mm-hmm. was the comparison from the like glimpses that we got of the daughter to the comparison to Ellie. And they did, they had a similar humor in a way where they had a similar wit almost that it's just this like, 
it shows the ever-growing attachment that Joel had towards Ellie because there were so many moments, at least that I saw watching even just cutscenes, where they made sure to add in that Ellie would say something snarky and Joel would just kind of look over in almost like a shocked expression of like, that's something my daughter would have said too. That's a way that my daughter would have said something towards me. Like, she reminds me so much of my daughter in so many ways, you know, to then just becoming one of his own, you know? It's so sweet. It's so, it's so sweet. It's incredibly sweet. And then uh, fast forward to Last of Us too. Um, it's still sweet, but it's just, I guess, bittersweet, I feel like is just putting it too lightly. But... Just like you were saying with the daughter, it, of course, you see those um, so comparisons uh, between his relationship with Ellie as it grows. Because, of course, when it starts, it's very reluctant. Um, something else I forgot is the time the time skip between the beginning of Last of Us two, uh, Last of Us, and then when you actually get to the part where you play. Well, you play, but actually get to the actual game. Um, it's like twenty years after Sarah dies that the game actually starts taking place that long. That long? Yeah. I thought it was like six years or something. No. And even between last of us one and last of us two, that's only four years. Okay. Um, I have them written down. <laughs> um, but yeah, so you know, it's that whole time, obviously, and they do it. It's, it's also great visual storytelling. You can see it on his face, his facial expressions, everything. Joel's just shut off. He keeps, um, any connections to a minimum and whatnot. And then of course, you let that little charismatic Ellie in your life and just warms them right up. Not immediately, but it's with time it happens. And of course, can't avoid the comparisons with Sarah. But um, one of my favorite things of Last of Us, of course, is their relationship. But as they go on this journey, just across, I make it sound like it's some magical thing. It's a very depressing, depressing, dark, scary journey. Um, this game has horror elements. They People will talk about the story first and foremost, but... Clickers terrify me. <laughs> Those noises? Fuck that. Um, like the, the jump scares and like when you're already in it, it doesn't stop being just that adrenaline pumping shit, man. Yeah. Exactly, dude. Um, but though the characters you meet along the way, it, specifically in Last of Us 1, because obviously Last of Us 2 goes a little bit differently, um, but you they meet it like a cast of characters. As they explore, and I just loved getting to know each one of those. Um, did did you did you all have any favorites or any that stuck out to you? I think actually the first one was pretty interesting. Tess, yeah. um, I think she was actually a really well thought out character because they show throughout not only when she's mentioned by or brought up by other characters of like, oh, did Tess. Like, did Tess get you to do this? Or did, did, did Tess push you to do this? Where's Tess? Why isn't Tess here, right? Like, she's almost the main character in a way through all the other characters that were introduced to because she's constantly mentioned. She's constantly brought up. Um, and then even when you're with her and you're interacting with her or around her, constantly people are backing down. Like, they know Tess, you know? And then to kind of follow off of what you were saying about how we know that Joel has, like, a hard shell... It shows with Tess when, spoiler, she gets bitten and she sacrifices herself to allow Joel and Ellie to get away. Um, she says to Joel, if there's anything, and I know that there's something between us, and this isn't verbatim because I'm not good at that, but if there's anything or if there's something between us, 
I know you'll do this. You'll take this girl where she needs to go. You'll follow through because that's what I would have done. And it's it's so like, it's such a glimpse in the kind of characters or the reality that Joel has lived through, through or that Ellie has lived through. And I think that just helps like, it feeds into the creativity I guess that went into these games is they thought about every little detail in developing the world that you're exploring with even just two characters or occasionally three characters but you're experiencing this well-developed world with what feels like real people you know who was Tess right we got yeah we got to get to know who Tess was we got to get to know who Bill was Bill was this kind of character that was really rough around the edges, I guess, is the best way to explain him, where he seems like a loner, but he did have a partner. And the entire time, he's just like, well, fuck that guy. Well, fuck that guy. And come to find out that that guy didn't make it, sad sad to say. And you can kind of experience the remorse that Bill is feeling having split apart from his partner, who he brings up constantly throughout the entire interaction with Joel and Ellie that you know that he actually cared and it's one of those people where you can tell that he just he actually cares like the way that he interacts with Ellie he's just constantly like like don't touch my stuff don't take any of my stuff you know stay away from my stuff like who is this girl and then by the end though before they split apart he's like telling her good job when she tells him you know she knows how to drive or she shoots a gun you know, at at someone or at clickers. Um, and he's like, wow, you know how to shoot a gun, you know, like still rough, but still just developing with the characters. Like he's not just this stagnant personality either, which they provide for all of the characters that you come across. It's just so well done. Real quick, I want to speak on something. When you said at clickers, like shooting at clickers, I thought you were like talking about like at pluckers. You can go <laughs> eat at pluckers. Um, but here it is. So, um, the one that sticks with me the most, or the two that stick with me the most, the are the brothers, uh, Henry and Sam. And, and uh, yeah, it's what's crazy about that is, like you just said, they do such a good job of fleshing out characters here and making you be attached to them and care about them. And Henry and Sam are only in the game for so long it's like a it's a flash man it just they're there and then they're fucking not and it's the most that shit i yelled you know like and i remember it vividly the first time like yeah because he i mean that whole the dynamic he obviously cares for him a lot you know for his little brother yeah and they're like pretty much all that each other have and they're out there and the little brother gets bit and tries to hide it in classic zombie movie fashion and but to to attest to that usually it's an adult being like a coward you know as a little kid he's just scared he doesn't know the severity of it yeah yeah and i'm not i'm not blaming him man i can't i can't because oh my god and so yeah he uh they sleep through the night and then in the morning he tries to attack Ellie and they bust out the room and the one that ends up saving Ellie is uh what Henry's the older one and he shoots his little brother and he's just so much in shock and at first he blames Joel and he's about to shoot him 
and then he just he just offs himself instead and it's just it's like how do you move on from that you know like me feeling that way but then you take it from joel and ellie's perspective and like how do they move on from that like how do you walk out of that apartment bro and at that same point you spend a good bit of time with those kids like you're you're with them for a little bit this isn't about the game but i just want to add in case anybody's feeling kind of down because we are talking about very sensitive topics um there's hotlines out there there's plenty of people to talk to um if you're feeling down at all i know that this is talking about someone pointing a gun at themselves um so just to make sure that everybody knows you know there's support out there (laughs) sorry to cut you off absolutely no absolutely that was very important um all the trigger warnings because there's a lot of things we're going to be discussing here and of course if there's anything like that that you may be feeling there's people it is better to talk to somebody people want to hear you and all that good stuff and that's one of the things about this game is that they do give you like a lot of like the ugly parts of real life yeah you know they do not hold back but back to the brothers, um sorry. but no you're fine you're fine that one, all that was important um but uh with the brothers like i was saying you spend a good bit of time with these characters and it, same thing with bill like you meet them any of these characters you meet on the road you meet them and I mean, of course they're like strangers but the game does such an excellent job and what if you look on the outside perspective it's a short amount of time like a short part of the game but it feels like you're just spending days with these kids, these characters, and you're getting to know them and whatnot. And then when these losses happen, like that set of events you just said, it kills. I we I watched a recap of this today. I I shed t- a tear went down my face. I was like, oh my god! I I feel like my subconscious just was like, you don't need this. <laughs> you don't need this right now. And then it's like, Chris, why are you watching this? Um, but I mean, it's it's just another testament to just how how good they weave these stories that you feel like just hearing that it's like oh it it feels just like an old friend of mine I forgot he passed years ago it's it, it hits it hits if you're out there and you've ever cried about a fictional character dying you're not alone <laughs> you're not alone all the time all the time we're 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 all here with you so I want to lead into two. Um, because that's kind of where the dynamic and relationships changes quite significantly. Um, once again, spoilers, Rip Joel, he passes away almost at the very beginning of the game, um, to a character named Abby. And it's this whole ordeal where we're seeing this, well, we're hearing actually about, about Ellie and Joel getting into a fight and not actually really talking all too much. And then there being the debate of Joel ever having told Ellie what had happened the day that they got to the Fireflies, which for anybody that doesn't know and is just curious, um, Ellie is immune. (laughs) I know we haven't said that, but I realized, yeah, yeah, Ellie's immune. Um, And she, yeah, she... She was supposed to go to a group called the Fireflies where they were going to create a vaccine. The only way that they could do so, though, was by cutting out her brain and basically taking it apart in order to create the vaccine. Joel found out. He ended up taking Ellie away from that. I'm not going to say save specifically because you could have two different perspectives on it as to whether or not, you know, basically I want to emphasize by the end of this game, you're absolutely in love with both Joel and Ellie. Mm -hmm. So with the idea... Of the first one, with the idea, you know, of her dying in order to create this vaccine. Yeah, no, no one wants that to happen. On the other, on the other end of it, though, 
it could be that that would have created this vaccine to save everybody else, right? You would think. Mm-hmm. I could I could debate that honestly all day. The game, um, the game, yeah, the game brings brings up lots of questions about that. Um, but ultimately, that's not what happened. And Joel shoots the doctor that would have killed Ellie. Who did pull uh, a gun on him? Who did? He pulled a knife on him. He pulled a weapon on him. He pulled a weapon on him. Um. Following into that, so, (laughs) sorry, I realized I got carried away with that. So, Joel never told Ellie until later on, and then when she found out, there's just this split and divide that ended up becoming between them. Um, I know, yeah, you just, the more that we talk about it, it's like, I just want to go play this again, man. Yeah, so it leads into this horrid scene of Ellie being pinned down and Joel being beaten to death right in front of her. It's grim. It's heartbreaking. I you I gotta give credit to the voice actor Ashley Johnson, um, because I was in tears just as like Ellie was screaming and saying like No, you know Joel, get up, get up, Joel, please just get up. And he's not. He's not getting up. You know. <laughs> Since we're in this scene, I also want to bring up a quote that I have, and I believe it's the last quote Joel says, because he knows the situation, and he's a damn man. Um, Go ahead and get this over with. (laughs) (laughs) Which is absolutely perfect. Yeah. Oh, no, it's the leg first. That's so, so much. It's, yeah, there's, it's a heart-wrenching scene, to say the least, because... I think for a lot of the fans of this series, they were waiting for a two. Yeah. And the, 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 they, they were waiting for a two, you get it, and then you come across a scene where one of your most beloved characters is just, he's getting killed. And you don't know by who, you don't know why. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I think they also did really well, was kind of creating this whole mystery of who were these people in this room? Who, who was Abby? Who, why, why Joel? Why didn't they kill Ellie? Why didn't they kill... Was Tommy? They, oh, yeah. Yeah, why didn't they kill Tommy, right? And along with that, because since you're like, why did, why are they letting us do all this? Before this even happens, you, you play as Abby. Yeah. Like running around the snow. And I remember playing through it being like, this is weird. <laughs> Who are you? Why am I in your body? Yeah, which is definitely another thing. Like they feed into the mystery of what kind of story you're leading into in this second game. Because zombies, immunity, mm-hmm. who these characters are, that's I mean zombies are always a problem in this series, of course, but for the most part it's not. They've got a whole city, right, that they're they're good. They've got food. They've got plenty of food. So what's the next issue and what's the next mystery and then Joel dies and you're like what is going on and yeah and I think the biggest thing in this game that I think they touched up on so well is revenge Mm -hmm. and the path of revenge and what it leads down to exactly and it's revenge is such a big reoccurring thing throughout that whole game um real quick before I go into any further thoughts on last of us two I do want to say one Two things from the first game that I really wanted to point out just because I love, well, I love one of them and the other one absolutely kills me. Um, The happy moment for me, the giraffes. That is a beautiful scene. When that show comes out, we better get giraffes. (laughs) So I'll say that. That, There's your happy moment for the podcast. Um, And then the other thing, if you, 
so from the DLC for the first game, you get to know um, about Riley, which is an old friend who ends up being more than just a friend for um, Ellie. You get the, I'm not going to go into the whole DLC, but what it essentially boils down to is this is before Ellie figures out she's immune and her and Riley both get bitten. And then they have the idea of just waiting it out and living out the last of their time uh, together as, because they love each other. And of course, again, Ellie doesn't know that she's immune and she ends up having to take out Riley. Because Riley turns, obviously, she's not immune. That broke me. It is so sad. Like, oh my fucking god! <laughs> Quaked a little bit just talking about it. But um, and that's from the first game. And as Ashley was just talking about in the second one, it it's just a train that doesn't stop there. <laughs> so, um, but I I had to bring that up because that's such an important character, especially to Ellie. Um. And it, I mean, it gives a whole story about her first bite, but oh my god, I have to give, I have to take a minute. I mean, perspective just comes so strongly into this man. Absolutely. Like they just do the most beautiful job of painting a picture and then showing you that same picture from a different angle, and it just looking completely different. You know, um, oh, fuck, dude, because like when. Joel runs in there and shoots that surgeon. Then it ends up being uh, Abby's father. And then you understand, like, okay, this is why they did that horrible thing. Seemingly horrible thing to Joel. Horrible thing nonetheless. But um, when it's first going on, you're just like, why the fuck is this happening? Why are they doing this to me? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, how dare they? And because, like you said, the trailer gave the idea that you're going to be playing as Joel through the whole through the whole game again like and that's what I thought the last of us 2 was going to be so going into it you know you're just under the impression like we get to do you know the last of us 1 all over again but it ends up being just this completely different game and um like so there's a lot of people out there that don't like this game specifically because of abby right because they hold this grudge against her and this is the only thing that makes it make sense to me of why somebody wouldn't care for this character um because it's a great character very in-depth character they give you an idea behind all of her motives and a lot of them make sense, just as much sense as Ellie's motives make sense, you know? Um, makes sense in, in the way that, like, you see how they got there. Um, I wouldn't say makes sense and it's what they should have done. Because, oh, yeah. again, again, they show how revenge is just going to make things worse in the end, you know? But um, I feel like if you didn't like that character, it's because you're holding Joel the death of Joel against Abby and you just can't get past that part because you have gotten that close to them. And like, and, and it is, it is fair. I see how you got there, bud, but fuck man. It's, it's just, Abby's such a good character. I kind of want to follow off of that though, in the sense of like, 
what if we played the game from the very beginning from Abby's perspective? Because that's kind of what they do. Actually, that is what they do in the second game is they literally force you into understanding that there's not a good side or a bad side. There's motive, right? right? They, they force you into accepting that like these are real people. They have real lives. They've been affected just as much as, you know, Joel and Ellie have. Like, Abby, you got to give her credit. Her dad died. And he was going to be the reason why they found a vaccine. Like, not only is there that reality that sets in of like, there's no more doctors out there that can do this. There's no one that's trained like this that can do that. Like, the time gap of 20 years. If a lot of doctors have already died, I don't imagine that they're taking the time to practice to find a vaccine. They're trying to save whoever they can, right? There's no time for that. You, you have the one doctor that's part of a system that could literally do it. And that just so happens to be her father as well. And we even get to see from Abby's perspective a time where she went to like a zoo with her father and he was taking care of a zebra that was pregnant. And he just kept going back to take care of just the simple zebra. Like take out the, the like love, I guess, essentially that you have for Joel and Ellie and understand that this is a girl that lost her father. She, she knows who did it. She knows why he did it. She knows what that meant when he did it. You know, that they force you to understand that perspective. And I think if you go into the game with just a love for Joel and Ellie, you won't be able to fully appreciate the entirety of the game because you have to accept Abby. Like, yeah, it sucks that Joel died. And I agree with Ernest when he says, like, going down that path of revenge or, like, you understand why she did it. But no one should have had to do anything that like that's not the way to react, you know, (laughs) ultimately, that's not the way to behave in that situation, you know. Um, But if you take the time to understand that's a person, that's a person with her friends around her that are there to support her, like that they were all impacted by the Fireflies essentially disbanding. And this was the resource was joining WLF, right? Like this is how they've moved on. They've all been affected by Joel's decision to take Ellie away. Like, the Fireflies lost their motive. They couldn't find immunity. People were upset by it. You could see that in the first game. Like, there's so many things that they just kind of reveal to you. And it's, they take you out of having tunnel vision towards just Joel and Ellie. And they make you realize that there's more to the world around what the last of us two essentially is in absolutely um as you were saying that i was like i realized that a lot of the people who were not able to get past what abby did and like not accept her because of that it's they're, they're stuck in that joel last of us one beginning mindset where he thinks he's the only one who's experienced loss like everyone in this world's experiencing loss um He's gonna say it. You were treading on mighty thin ice. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you're absolutely right. I will say, um, because I not to go off course too much, but as, as another franchise that I'm a big fan of is the Life is Strange series, and they have a big following for their first game, and then they got a prequel to the first game, all with the same characters. Then there was a huge drop when they switched to new characters in the sequel. Um, And I know just from that franchise and Last of Us, these are not the only two that this has been an issue where you get the perspective of a new character. And it's just like, I want 
I want the OGs, please. Please don't please don't shake it up. But then you get the same people complaining like this is just the same game. This is just the same thing. Like, dude, calm down. <laughs> just go with go with the ride, man. I, I, I completely understand reluctance to Abby. I'll say that. I did when I started playing with her, I was I was I wasn't mad as that I was playing with her. I was surprised. But um I was like, you're not gonna win me over. Absolutely not. And the game, the the way the game is like is structured, it knows you're not supposed to. You're not going to immediately love the girl who killed Joel, <laughs> but and you don't have to love her by the end either. It's about understanding. People don't seem to understand. You can understand somebody without actually even liking them. So I want to jump to the end here, just briefly, um, because I agree with you that like when you first start playing Abby. You know who she is. You know what she's done. You've played as Ellie hunting down each of her friends, chasing her down, honestly. There's a lot of deaths to cover in that, in like the path of revenge and slowly, yeah, from both sides. When you start playing as Abby, there is just this reluctancy is the best way to put it. Yeah, it's it's pure reluctancy. Um, actually, yeah. Because the last thing that you see is Ellie before you even play as Abby is Abby finding Ellie before she can find her and shooting Jesse, who had shown up, yeah, who had shown up later on to help out, yeah, after he found out that he's a father, um, to then Tommy being threatened as well, um, which I think to Ellie. Jesse is a great guy, is a good friend of hers, but losing Tommy was like losing another Joel for her. Um, there's that reluctancy when it just automatically swaps to Abby and you're like, whoa, whoa, wait, 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 no, 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 no. This better just be like a brief, like a memory of some sort, you know? And then you start playing through the game and you start to see her friends actually upset about what she did to Joel even. You see them like, like they don't want to be near her they don't want to be around her they understand what's happened they they're traumatized by it honestly um to then her helping these two girls yara and lev or girls i'm sorry helping girl and guy yara and lev um yeah um and going out of her way to save them you know, and then you find out that her dad had died, you know. So, sorry, back to it. I'm going to skip to the end. I, throughout, was reluctant to play as Abby. And, like, the more things that got answered for me, the more stories that were told. I kind of opened up to the idea of her character and accepted the perspective of it. But when you have to play as Abby fighting Ellie... I was like, I don't know how to explain it other than like panic and like I felt like I was burning up inside. I didn't want to do it at all. I didn't want to continue the path of revenge. And then when you further play it as Ellie to find Abby again and Abby's suddenly super weak from being this really buff girl, you could tell that she's been through absolute hell being captured by these who knows what they do. Yeah, the it's abs- it's surprising. You don't think that it's going to be the last act of the game, but then once again you come across Abby, she's like half the person that she was. Mm-hmm. Still with Lev, thank goodness. Um and then you're there with Ellie again, you get the chance to kill Abby. And she's much weaker now and it's basically a guaranteed fight. And I didn't want to do it. 
I didn't want to do it at all. You know, you, we already saw, we saw Ellie leaving behind like a life that she always wanted of being on an open prairie basically and taking care of, yeah, taking care of, yeah, she, she just was so hung up on revenge. She was still so hung up on revenge and it just leads to her finding this like shriveled Abby and then you're basically drowning her and you're like, I didn't want to do it. (laughs) I I didn't want to do it at all, you know, but it it it's at least what I felt I had learned from the game because originally finding Abby I would have wanted to kill her right away yeah you know but having learned who Abby was seeing what she had gone through honestly even just at the end there so along with what you were saying Ashley um so yeah getting to see it from the two different perspectives right so when you first go in you play as Ellie and you're like we gotta get this bitch right and then you flip over to Abby's side. And by the time you get to that theater, man, I was like, we got to go in there and get this bitch. Like, because, <laughs> man, they take, I mean, Ellie goes in there and kills so many of Abby's friends that meant so much to her. And a pregnant girl in in the wake of that. And um, just like. And and Tommy's out here killing them, too. And they're being tortured for information and shit like this. You know what I mean? Like, it's nasty stuff that Ellie's doing. And, like, they totally flip the perspective and just show you, like... So, in response to, like, the portion you were just talking about, torturing people for information, you telling me you didn't want to get Nora back after she literally said Joel got what he wanted and died like a bitch? And that's, that's the thing, too, is, like, when I'm going from... When I'm going for, like, from Ellie's perspective, you know, like, you you totally get it, and you are motivated to do those things. No, yeah, yeah, like, I I got it. And like I said, like I, and that's why I said at the beginning of this, when you're playing as Ellie, you're like, we got to get this bitch by any means, you know what I mean? Um, But then, you know, you pull up to that theater, though, and having experienced all this loss, this is, these are the motherfuckers that killed your dad and all of your friends. All of your friends. You know what I mean? Like, if anything, I feel like through the course of the games, Abby has lost more than Ellie. Like, Ellie lost Joel and a couple of people that she met along the way. Mm. Abby has known a lot of these people, like, her whole life. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, her dog, bro. Like, fucking Alice Alice the dog, R.I.P. Um and so like so like by the time I get to that theater I'm like yo Abby has lost more like we got to go in there and get this bitch <laughs> you know what I mean like it, I completely 180'd on it and so and then they just flip you back and forth so many times you know but you go in there there's that shocking fucking kill which to me is like I mean besides Joel like I was so fucking surprised it happened so fast man uh jesse right comes oh, out of yeah. he comes out of that door yeah, and just and it's immediate just poof, and it's over and she's standing there with that yeah, fucking gun bro but like uh like i got it at that point and as you continue on like it's it's such bullshit to me bro like i was so pissed at ellie like pretty much the whole rest of the game like i i really was um because like at that point they have that fight right and abby whoops her motherfucking ass 
And and during that fight, you said you didn't want to. Like I was like, we gotta beat her ass, dude. Like I get it. You know what I mean? Wait, like I'm Abby right. No, she was talking about the first fight first. That fight, I guess, with like the most recent jokes that have been going around was one of those things where it was like crying, screaming, throwing up the whole time was how I felt with it. (laughs) It was so it was so much to take in because Jesse died so quickly. I think the fight led to. So Tommy was threatened. Yeah, Tommy. Yeah, Tommy ends up living it, and then Dina. Dina Dina was where Abby kind of had a break in her rage and was like, okay, I'm not going to kill this pregnant person. And then you're like fist fighting Ellie the whole time. And it was just, ugh. Right. <laughs> well, I do want to point out, because um, Abby was stopped. She didn't choose to stop. Um, oh, yeah. the, well, no, well, hold on. Hold on. Maybe don't attack, Abby. All right? Uh-huh. <laughs> Um, cause I have it right here cause it's important cause she's an important character, not just as a side character. Um, Lev beca- definitely grows into her own, well, he grows into his own person. Um, obviously being as when you first meet them, you're, you met to met, meet them as sisters, um, the two kids, and then you learn more about them and the, uh, Lev identifies as male, whatnot. Um, but when you get to this point, um, cause literally they just showed it in the recap I was doing cause she has, she is slamming Dina's face into a, like the floor and then she goes for the knife, has it on her throat. And then Lev tells her, like shoots an arrow to like get her attention and like tells her to stop. And then she stops, which I mean, so it, when I say she wasn't going to, she wasn't, she was in the heat, but she was brought out. But then she did make the decision. She looked at Ellie and she said, if I ever see you again. I'm going to kill you. And then she leaves. Uh, so, so it's still, I'm not, I'm, I'm not saying there's any regression or attack in her. Um, but I did, I did want to give love that credit. Cause I, yeah. I, I had forgotten about it till I watched the recap. Cause it's easy. Cause she is, he is kind of a side character. Um, especially when you're standing in the shadow of Ellie and now Abby, <laughs> which I think also tells a huge, uh, it tells a lot about the writing of this game for Abby to rise up. Whether you like her or not, like she's at Joel, like Joel, I, like icon level in this game before you even get to the end. And it's great that you brought up, um, you know, her running into Lev and stuff because it it thing. puts it puts her in the exact same role that Joel was in with Ellie in the first game. You know, so and and. It, you kind of get the feeling that, like, whoever they show going through this fucked up world that the, everybody is living in now, like, everybody's been through some shit. Mm-hmm. And if you're if you're hurting anybody, regardless of what they've done, you're affecting so many other people's lives in this shit, man. So, like I was saying before, I was pissed at Ellie for the whole rest of the game. Um, like, I love Naruto and Sasuke, but I feel like Ellie was Naruto. You know what I mean? I mean, I mean, uh, Abby, Abby was my Naruto, man. Ellie got real Sasuke-ish towards the end. Um, doing things like fucking leaving her happy family, like y'all touched on. Um, leaving that perfect situation that she had to go for even more revenge and things. Um, so that whole last chapter, when you're searching for Abby, uh, among the people that caught them and stuff, she ends up being like, halfway crucified on this beach and stuff yeah. um at the end like that's the fight that i didn't want to do 
um, it, it just felt so fucked up to be in that situation. And damn, these game developers for putting us in these fucked up situations that, like, by the end of this game, I told my sister, like, that was, like, the best, worst experience I've ever had. Like, God, dude. It, for real, Grave of the Fireflies brings a lot of, yeah, uh, emotional comparisons, for sure. Actually, talking about that last scene, it kind of makes me think about it, though, that, like, had Ellie never gone back to look for Abby, Abby and Lev both would have been dead. Abby and Lev both would have been dead. That it kind of gives another answer to like what revenge could lead to. That like, yes, you you basically had to fight each other one last time, but they both got saved almost. Wait, so in the context of just this one point, this one point, you're saying revenge saved Abby. I'm saying in this case it did. It did. No, it did. It's she still they still ended up fighting, That's you know, yeah. which you which put it Ernest, you put it best. Like it was the best worst experience ever, you know. Yeah, exactly. It was horrible. It was so hard. But I mean, Ellie went in there mm-hmm. and you essentially destroy that whole complex. Yeah, you wreck so all of them. Not only Yeah, not badass. not only do you actually just end up saving Abby and Lev. She saved every other person that was trapped there, yeah. you know? So there is kind of a good outcome, yeah. but it's very bittersweet it is yeah, the best word to put it, but it doesn't, series, it doesn't do it justice, as Chris was saying. I do want to add, though, for Lev being like a side character, they explained a lot with Lev, too. Mm-hmm. Like her older sister, Yara, who, who got her arm completely shattered... Right. Then they ended up having to cut it off. Right. Then only for love to want to still try and go back and be accepted by her mother, who her mother so in like indoctrinate, indoctrinated into this like cult, basically. Um, so as Abby and Yara, you go and save Lev to where Lev got attacked by her mom and she got cut up by her mom because her mom couldn't accept that he had shaved his head. Um to then Yara getting shot by one of Abby's people. And it's just this really conflicting thing that it also even shows like the intricacies within the groups of like, why were they fighting? Why were they fighting these people on this island? Like what was actually the issue that was there with these scars is what they call them, right? What was, what was actually, yeah, yeah. What was actually the issue, right? Which it just kind of, it, there's so many things to break down within even part two that fuel part one, you know, it just, ah, it just, it does, it does so much. <laughs> it's just like everybody's so right yet so very wrong in yes. what they're doing. So Like it's just, it's so hard to call, man. So that's the thing. And I think you should definitely not use those words um, in the this game. There's no right or wrong. It's also gray. It is gray. Yeah. It is right or wrong, depending on situation, depending on character. Yeah. Um, it's wait till a DLC drops and the people that tortured Abby at the very end end up being like saints. <laughs> it's, I actually know, even if that's the case, they're, they're, they're fucked up. Uh, <laughs> but, um, I wanted to touch on a parallel uh, that I saw that I noticed um, after going through a lot of the, the, the game stuff today is, um, do y'all remember David from Last of Us 1? 
David's the guy who runs. He there's a whole boss fight where him chasing young Ellie. Oh yeah, in the snow. In the snow. Oh uh, well, then it goes into oh, like a cabin. Yeah, where he trapped her in the cave. Yeah. She like took the keys. But he did that for a reason, right? Wasn't so. Joel had like killed his people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but then he wanted. They don't say it, but it is hinted at. He wanted to do do stuff with Ellie. Um, and I believe... No, this isn't Ellie's first kill. Is it? No. Yeah. Well, it's a, definitely a passionate one, for obvious reasons. Um, but that whole fight is a lot of sneaking around, finding somebody with the opening. And I found that the gameplay was very similar to when you're fighting Abby that first time. Because you're, you're... It's a theater, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's a dark theater. And like there were so many moments. And I was like, oh my God, what's happening? Where is she? What's 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 going on? <laughs> um, and I felt the exact same anxiety with um, Ellie, and just oh man, I remember the end of the David fight where it ends with her just stab, 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 and Joel's like, nope, get getting her off of her, and, and Ellie's just like, he was going to, he was going to, and he's just like, it's okay, baby girl, and I just cry, I just cry, oh man, and like that, and then when I started watching stuff for Last of Us Two, I was just like. Baby girl. <laughs> Dude, it's so heavy. These people live lives, and Naughty Dog is doing such a great job of not just sticking with your main characters They're by fleshing out. It is world building. Yeah. You want world building, and no, no, none of us here want Joel to be dead. Like, none of us were like, oh, thank God. <laughs> And sure, I'm sure there could have been... I I trust these people to have been able to tell an equally as compelling story without Joel dying, but it happened. Accept it. And I don't think it takes away at all. And if you think it was for shock value, come on. There's so many emotional repercussions that just reverberate. And then as we just... We just felt together here as a group will continue to reverberate when you go through the first game again. (laughs) And, oh, man... What a, what a game. What a game series. I want to add that this isn't the first time that we've had kind of like a bonding moment, basically, over oh, yeah. talking about this game. I think there was one night that we were just talking about like our top three games at the time or top five games, and The Last of Us 2 was brought up, and it was just one of those things where you could just kind of keep talking about different things that happened, different characters that happened, uh, different different scenarios that played out. The, the storytelling of the game was... Once again, absolutely amazing, top notch. Um, like one of the deaths that impacted, I think, both Abby and Ellie was Nora when she did take the time to say that Joel died like a bitch. Um, her when when you kill her as Ellie, you see right after Ellie getting back to the theater, devastated. She's shaking. She's realizing what she just did. She says. I got the answers. You know, she's... It wasn't that she just killed this person and got revenge for Joel. It was that she killed this person to get to the person that she wanted to actually get revenge on. Like, you could tell that it it took a toll on her because there's a reality of not only that this girl was going to die regardless because of the spores that she was inhaling. Honestly, Nora had a really gruesome death. But then to beat her into saying something. And Nora tried to be tough in saying something along the lines of, well, I'm going to die anyways. Why am I going to tell you where she is? You know, to then Ellie getting that answer. 
you know so that that just is like the tip of the iceberg essentially of everything else that we've covered it's it's so in depth and and I say this and I'll probably say it again it really is one of those games that forces you to understand that there are other perspectives. There are other people. Everybody's affected by these kinds of things. Like, it's not one of those people-pleaser games, which is probably why a lot of people are upset by it. <laughs> because... This is not fan service. It's, it's not fan service, but it's... And then they complain that there's fan service. It's, it's a lesson, it's a lesson that it teaches you in probably the most gruesome and emotional way, but it is a lesson to be learned of like, everybody has a perspective. You can take what you've learned from playing this game into questioning if you really hate someone or if there's just a whole other side to the story that you haven't even taken the time to understand, you know? Yeah, like, like there's questions of like, even revenge, you know, and hopefully no one's going on on a killing spree, essentially, but yeah. in it's revenge really itself, gosh. revenge is not the best answer. It, it never is, and this game truly emphasizes that revenge is not the answer. <laughs> it's a phenomenal game. It's just a phenomenal game. Um, you can go about almost every character in this, and there's something there, but I will say a character that I didn't, I don't know if I just didn't vibe with him. I don't know what it was. Owen, because you get a good bit of Owen when you're playing as Abby, and maybe it's the way he—I don't know—he wasn't necessarily a jerk to her. He wasn't the best. Obviously, he was dating. They, they, he was with somebody else. They bickered a lot. They bickered a lot. Yeah, they did. Um, and then there's, of course, that scene that people know between the whites. You're an adult. <laughs> Not on my Christian Minecraft server. Um, no, yeah, there's the sex scene between him and. Um, Wow, Abby, that took me a minute. Uh, and I, I think that got, blow, got blown out of a proportion. Proportion. Um, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of the people, and they go after Neil Druckmann, the director of the game specifically, being like, why, why would you put that in your game and whatnot? Are you scared of sex? Are you scared of sex, kids? Um, but you're not scared of revenge, and you were mad that she turned it down. Uh, I don't know. There, there, there's fandoms fandoms am i right <laughs> um so owen and again any characters i say i don't like or didn't vibe with that's not writing that's not me thinking they were just put forced in there or anything okay. it's just character yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah um like the voice work for the guy sounded fine I, yeah, it's yeah. whatever he he fit in the world like, oh like joffrey in Game of Thrones. who doesn't like joffrey he's because of his character he was supposed, he should have gotten the throne so as you're saying about owen I wasn't a fan of him either. Yeah. He seems so like flip. He seems so flip floppy with the relationships that he had. Isn't and so like, isn't that isn't Mel pregnant with his kid? Yeah. <laughs> so like from the first time that we see even Abby and Owen, he tells her like on their trip, showing her the like town where Joel, Ellie, Tommy all are. Um, he then announces that Mel's pregnant. Yeah. And then you follow him later on and he's like, they introduced that there was a relationship that he had between him and Abby. Mm. Right. And then it just kind of fell through. She wasn't, she wasn't comfortable. That's okay. Um, to then he finds Mel. He's with Mel. She's pregnant. To then getting back with Abby. And it's just this like, like, fuck you, my guy. Like, that is not okay. You know, that's not cool. That's not all right. Like, no matter the relationship that you had with Abby, like, that's in the past, you know. To then, 
still being secret with Mel, like he, like keeping secrets from Mel, yeah. where it, there was even a time that he was showing Abby his aquarium that he's made his home, and she like won this archery game, and she's like, well, you're going to put me on the wall? Like, I beat you. I'm ahead of you. And he didn't even say, you know, he's like, oh, I'll do it later, to where she had pointed out, she's like, oh, you know, Mel doesn't know that I'm here, you know? Like, why are you being so secret? about this you know you should be open about those kinds of things you're with another person you know it's just that's why <laughs> i can't say I, I agree with a lot of what y'all said but it was still super fucking shocking when he died though um they so they think that they've caught tommy and they're like holding the door shut he's trying to get through the other side and they're like we have him trapped in here he goes out through another door and shoots him in the back of the head. And it's just out of fucking nowhere. And and you're standing there like as Abby, he's standing right here in front of you and you see a bullet just like go through his eye and he suddenly has this hole in his head and it gets on her face and stuff and she's just standing there in shock for a second and it's fucking nuts. So you're telling me if there is a Last of Us 3 and we know there's a man that has impregnated another woman... He's going to get headshot. That wasn't Owen. That wasn't Owen? That wasn't Owen. Who that is was... that? Oh, he was he was yeah. the one that was fighting with Abby when she wanted to do the Joel stuff. That's right. My bad. My bad. My bad. So to clarify, Owen died with Mel um, okay. because Ellie, Ellie was going to do the trick to find Abby of the map being like, Mel, point at this. If he points at the same place, I won't kill you. Um, to then Owen fighting with her on it, to which... I think she shoots Owen. Then Mel pulls a knife on her. She ends up stabbing Mel in the throat. And then Owen was still okay. He got up. She stabbed him in the throat. And to be fair too, I believe that when Ellie killed them, that she didn't know that she was pregnant. And she saw afterwards. Yeah, she's like oh, right, right. So, I mean... Earlier, I was saying like like she killed her pregnant friend, you know. But Ellie also didn't know that she was pregnant, which I mean doesn't necessarily make it a better or worse or or whatever. But like you know, once you find out that she's pregnant, it's like fuck, and then she's all traumatized and stuff. It's it's so heavy. I think the kicker, the the kicker to add on to that is they they have the detail that Mel didn't want to be a part of any of it. She didn't want to be there since day one. She always expressed kind of a hatred towards Abby for a multitude of good reasons, honestly. And yeah, and she still helped save Yara. She helped save her, her, well, I was going to say save her arm, but save her from her arm, basically. Um, To then just dying ultimately in the end to Abby and Abby's consequences, which once again emphasizes revenge is not the answer. (laughs) But then... On top of that, actually, they were planning on even leaving WLF. They were planning on leaving yeah. and going to the coast, which I think is where Abby and Lev ends up setting off to. I think they had heard about more fireflies or something like that. They're going to try to go back out there. Yeah, because right. that's what they're like. Yeah, they were. And this is in the details. It's why it's such an amazing game that, yeah. like, you're not just following Ellie. You're following Owen and Mel and screw Owen but like where they were going to be going to they were looking for more fireflies they were continuing to look for a cure again right it's just (laughs) absolutely shittiest game I've ever played um but 
so to your to to your credit um and i brought this a little, up a little bit before we actually started recording there are a lot of characters yeah. specifically on abby's side of things yeah. um and though like you'll get some that get more interwo- interwoven like emotionally like uh, obviously owen's very connect has a very deep connection with um abby and along with that for obvious reasons mel is in there too um there's there's just some people that kind of get left to the side and i mean i don't think i'm not saying they're underwritten like they're they're there in full force and when you whether you see them die or kill somebody they're they're a presence there's some that you have more of an opportunity to build Mm -hmm. connections with though absolutely absolutely um but yeah uh owen but (laughs) when i so my feelings for owen is very much like the boyfriend from midsummer Oh yeah. Yeah. Just, the way that I say. No, me. Just my feelings. He's trash. Oh okay okay. Oh, is that a perspective thing too? Um, I feel like Owen's not the same. Well, I'm not saying. So <laughs> I said I have the same feelings. I'm not saying they are the same. Yeah okay. <laughs> okay. Um, to balance off what you were saying earlier about revenge, I think granted it's more of like a reveal lesson towards the end. There's also a lesson about forgiveness. Um, because obviously, like. The game is pretty much like revenge, 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 forgiveness. But <laughs> well, so there's technically two because well, no, when when Abby let decides to leave and not finish the fight with Ellen, that's not her forgiving. <laughs> that's just her being like, we're gonna call it here. To be fair, you don't feel that it's like yeah, Lev stopped her, but it's still a decision that she made. Yeah, cause, I mean, she could have kept going. Right. Yeah, um, but so my point to that when I brought it up earlier was that Lev was part of the decision making and you got to see both of them get highlighted and making that great choice. Right. Well, and to follow actually with Lev as a great example, Lev and Yara, they said that Abby was the number one scar killer for the group that she was with with WLF. And so for her to do a complete 180 and be there defending them... Right, that's that's a massive changing character, and once again, that just goes into like the character development or the the creative writing that goes into the characters is to they to save her. they save her, yeah. Yeah. yeah, they save her, she saves them, other than Yara, which was unfortunate, um, but then her to keep Lev and understand like throughout as you're playing Abby, even with these two, um, you know, brother and sister combo. Abby asks all these questions about what kind of religion they're following, basically, and what kind of perspectives that they have, and, like, asking about Yara's scars that are on the side of her face, and kind of the initiation that she went through for it, and why. You know, you see her kind of exploring the people that she's, you know, been killing, apparently, quite significantly, right? Putting a dent... taking the time to understand them. Yeah, exactly, and it just emphasizes more as to what I assume the writers were getting at was that there's always another side to a story, another perspective, like not to just dive into something headfirst without actually taking the consideration for it too, right? Aside from the story of revenge, it's taking consideration towards your actions, you know? Definitely not a one note game. There's multiple lessons to be taken away from this. Um, All those layers, like, like a popular movie once told me like an onion. Um, all right, so to start off final thoughts, I'm going to go over, um, go into just something I haven't touched on, and they were my favorite things from Last of Us 2. 
Um, and they are flashbacks. There are flashbacks specifically with Joel. We're all holding each other here. We're about to cry. Take our glasses off before they fog up. Specifically, my favorite flashback is Ellie's birthday. Um, where you play as Ellie. It, 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 you, oh, you play as Ellie and Joel takes you to a museum. And first of all, the museum is just so fucking cool. It's so cool. And the way you like look at all the dinosaurs. There's a trophy for putting a hat on every dinosaur and then on Joel. It's so precious. That is how you do trophies. Um, it's, ju- it's just something you want to do. It's, it's so good. And for that specific flashback to end, when they get in that little spaceship and he has that little tape cassette and anybody want to call it a fuck? Like, how the fuck did he get that? Shut up. <laughs> he has a tape cassette and she puts the little thing on and it's, she's able to visualize like going out on that rocket and Joel's right there. So happy that he's given her the best birthday. Probably of anyone in that time period. Um, it is so heartwarming and also heart wrenching. Cause obviously we already know Joel's dead at this point. It is beautiful. Though we've talked a lot about like forgiveness and like it's okay to kill off your characters as long as you do it tastefully and it's like for the story. It is Joel matters and that's why we care and that's why people were upset. And I, I definitely, I was right there. I had to stop. I had to take a minute. Yeah. Um, but then the next flashback I was going to bring up, which is the actual like right before the very end of the game is and they do it so, so well. They, they do a flashback of the last conversation between Joel and Ellie. And she, obviously, they, as, as we've talked about, there was this dis- disruption between them about her finding out the truth about Joel lying from the first game. And she does say, like, I don't know if I can ever forgive you. But then she says something along the lines about, but I can work towards trying or something like that. And they're both, they both have some tears and like, they laugh a little bit and that's essentially it. Holy fuck. does that, it just floored me. It floored me. I had to breathe. I had to just take a moment. And if that doesn't highlight the emotional poignancy in this series, I don't know what does. And that like the fact that you end with that, because you play through this whole series and for them to just just wrap it like that, it's beautiful. It is beautiful. And the last thing I will say for my final thought is a gameplay mechanic that I hope they, if we get a three, I really hope it's there. I didn't know I needed it in this game. Playing guitar was wonderful. It was so great. Yeah. Uh. It's, I love what you touched up on because it's, it's really great. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna have to hug after this. Um, you're you're right in bringing up the like final wor- words between Joel and Ellie, and with like the flashbacks that they have, you're finding out through Ellie, kind of the last moments that you think that she had with Joel, and it was her telling him, "I don't ever want to see you again," and and that's kind of what you're left with with finding out that Joel died. You're thinking that that's the last thing that she ever said to Joel, but come to reveal that same night she goes back to him and she says you know i i don't know if i can forgive you but i want to try and it is it's 
It's heartbreaking. It's so it's so it's so impactful because I think a lot of people care about the last thing that they say to someone. Mm-hmm. And so it's one of those it's Yeah, it's such a redeeming feeling though of like okay, so she did choose to forgive him. You know, like she's going to work on it. Like they were going to build on the relationship that they have. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's goodness. But I think <laughs> I think to even add on like that sentiment it just goes to show why she was even so much more motivated Absolutely. to like seek out some sort of redemption towards like who Joel was for her, like what happened to Joel, you know? And like, it just makes me feel even worse when I remember the scene of her just screaming and begging for him to get up because she was just turning a corner for him, you know? They were just reaching a new resolution in the relationship it's so impactful yeah it truly one of the best games i've ever played i an emotional roller coaster to you know witty remarks between the characters to you know devastating scenes of you know a brother losing his sister that was extremely supportive of him too you know just everybody is affected in this world and it they did they they've done such a good job with it all right so a couple of things before i get to how i feel about the story overall is just um there's so many great things to this game like the story included as you can tell from what we've been talking about but again the the gameplay um is just so fantastic and so exhilarating um and when it's not this just crazy fast-paced crazy shit going on then it's like this serene beautiful landscapes and just like really deep moments where you get to take stuff in that's not in a cutscene and stuff and they do such a nice job of all of that um yeah uh atmosphere yeah is uh and and wonderful music throughout the whole thing um even the little collectibles that you pick up for ellie like they're all they're they're not just like nothing collectibles you know they're they all mean something to somebody and i think that's really beautiful too um the voice acting in this game is some of the best out there if not like the best out there and specifically two of my favorite famous people in the whole world uh, I love you so much, Ashley Johnson and Laura Bailey. Uh, y'all are so amazing, and you just, yeah, yeah, thank you, <laughs> you know, um, for this beautiful experience. And again, it's so beautiful. Yeah. I also want to say thank you, Troy Baker. You're the best voice of Joel we'll ever have. Absolutely, absolutely. And I, I focus in on on them too. I mean, because they're huge main characters, right? Right. And I, I just, uh, I mag, I. I'm like a magnet towards them because they've I've I love Critical Role and stuff like that. Um, uh, don't <laughs> and God damn it, Chris. <laughs> but yeah, um, there's so many lessons to be learned just playing this game. If you go into it with an open mind, um, like everybody's been through some shit, man, and you never know what another person has been through. Uh, one thing that I've like lived by since I've heard this quote and I'm sorry, like I still don't know who said it like uh, forgive others, not because they deserve forgiveness, but because you deserve peace. And I feel like 
that is more prominent in this story mm-hmm. more than almost any anything else you know there's a, there's a lot of things you can apply it to but I've never had my heart just drug through the mud so fucking hard and loved it so much. It's it's it ripped me apart and and made me whole like all at the same time. Yeah. Um, it's like what you were saying about Pan's laughing. Uh what well, oh yeah. Yeah, it hurts you so much, but it feels so good. And um like so at at the end of this game, when I was done playing two, um, I immediately picked up Ghost of Tsushima, and there's like, there's, it's not a nice story either. It start, it starts off with like your dad dying and shit, doesn't it? And like, I was like, man, what a relief, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, man. So I mean, what a great journey. Definitely one of my top five games, like all time, all time. Uh, the Last of Us, uh, two specifically. Um, I do, and The Last of Us being a top 10 game, easy, um, but two of the best games ever, in my opinion, and, oh, man, I'm I'm grateful for it, that it even exists. Same. Yeah. Absolutely same. Um, we will have to do an episode where we, I think it'd be really fun to do, like, a draft, and, like, we all get to pick, like, our favorite franchises. Oh, man. But like, if you pick one, the other the other person can't get it. Oh shit! <laughs> yeah. Um, other podcasts do that. Yeah, we definitely should. We definitely should. And then we probably won't talk for a few weeks, so that probably kill the show. Um, <laughs> oh God! <laughs> Forgiveness. Forgiveness. <laughs> um. So to wrap up our Last of Us conversation, since we just went over our thoughts on the overall game series. Obviously, if it's not clear, we fucking love it. Um, we have a TV show coming out. I We just watched the trailer right before this. The trailer's like not even a minute long. Um, I think Pedro Pascal's looking pretty good. Yeah. Sounding pretty good. Yeah, ready to play my biotech, baby. Uh, oh, my God. I hate you. You never even thought about it till I told you. Anyway, but... Uh, <laughs> no, I'm so um, but what, what are you... What are y'all's thoughts on them, I guess, giving us a show? And from what you've granted very little, what you think of what they've shown us and what you're wanting from it? I honestly don't have much to say on. Um, because personally for me, and Chris and I have talked about this, I don't like mixing media. Um, so like if I've watched a movie, then I probably won't pick up the book or vice versa just because of like my understanding of whatever that is. So in this example, it's The Last of Us yeah the last of us yeah um i have such an understanding of the games personally that i feel like any part of it missing from the show or added into the show for me will ruin what i already know about it so i might still give it a chance depending on you know what you guys say about it if you give it a chance um but personally for me it's probably not going to be what i touch up on just because i want to kind of like in case what I know of The Last of Us 1 and The Last of Us 2 in its own like story, basically. I am so down for this shit, yeah. boy. I, I mean, first of all, I love Pedro. That 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 he's just so magnetic, man. I I can't get it. Serious or funny, dude? I I can't get enough from that uh, of that dude. He's he's so good at his job. And um Bella Ramsey 
I really loved in Game of yeah. Thrones. And she's yeah, she's powerful. Um, they they gave her only so much screen time, and she made but such she, yeah. such yeah. a big impact on that. Yeah, her her presence, man, like her screen presence is commanding. And uh, I can't wait to see her as Ellie. I feel like she's gonna do a great fucking job. Um, and I'm ready to care about all of these characters all over again. Um, I understand that for uh. When you switch medias, um, sometimes it's necessary to um, change the perspective on scenes and add some stuff and take some stuff out. I definitely understand what you're saying, and I love that you can identify that because a lot of people can't identify that, and then they go into something and they fucking hate it. Me with Percy Jackson. (laughs) And I... (laughs) Well, yeah, they're rebooting it. I'm super hyped for that. That... That kid is really good, and I'm excited to see him be Percy. But um, just almost, almost as much. I, I'm sorry, dude. Like I just, it's, okay. it's a passion it's of a mine, passion. like a reverse passion, okay. you know. Um, but um, yeah, I'm super hyped for it. Um, and the trailers look amazing, and you can see that. You know, even if they do add some stuff, take some stuff out, they're definitely gonna keep like a lot of the core parts. You do get to see. Pedro say some of Joel's um, most famous lines and things, so I feel like it will stick to the story a good bit. Um, maybe we get some extra little details and stuff. Um, so I'm excited about it, most definitely. But uh, talking about extra little details, I think it'd be really cool to get more of like Tessa's story. Yeah, like because uh, you're right. The game does the game does an excellent job of just visual storytelling where everyone's like, "Oh, Tess, okay, yeah, let him through. He knows Tess all the." It'd be cool to get a little bit more of that. Understand it, um, and the, the the director Neil Druckmann um, is has been reported to be involved with the creation of the show. So that's good. That's good news. I think it looks good. Um, Pedro is fucking killing it. Yes, up there. Yes, it's absolutely killing it. Um, I, I I'm I don't know I'm not like super stoked for it but I'm like I'm looking forward to it um, maybe maybe I'll get more excited when we have a solid release date uh, but for now we have next year <laughs> but the last thing Last of Us related I wanted to bring up and we have to it came out today if we're gonna go around what are your thoughts on Last of Us Part One the PS5 rebuild that came out today do you think it needed to be made. Do you plan to get... Actually, I'm not going to even ask that. Spoiler alert, none of us have it. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what do you think about it? And do you... Just how do you feel? I think as a whole, it's not a bad idea. Yeah. Because the graphics in The Last of Us 2, comparative to The Last of Us 1, is significant. I mean, just an example, Abby's hair... Abby's hair is really impressive how it moves the motion of it that's probably not something that they could have done with the last of us one when they first made it even after the remake I don't think that that's like that motion would work right so if it's kind of one of those franchises that you just want to go back and replay and replay and replay it'd be great to have those visuals updated to follow the part two because then you could play it almost seamlessly you're not going to see this increase in detail all of a sudden you're going to be able to just follow it from when you see joel lose his daughter to when abby and ellie are splitting apart you know like i think it would be a a much more seamless thing so if it's something that you're 
like dedicated to playing mm-hmm. consistently, I can see the point in it. That's $70 personally, I'm okay not doing that. Especially when we play yeah, I, I was, I'm, I'm fine going back to the old one. I don't have an issue with older graphics. Yeah, I don't, I don't have an issue with that. But I can see how someone else would like to do that. So, um, I do think it's strange to release the same game three times in this short amount of time. Um, Elder Scrolls is fine. Uh, no, it's not. not. No, Elder Elder Scrolls is not fine. No, it's not. Uh, Grand Theft Auto Five is also not fine. Like, yeah, yeah. Like there, there are definitely these things out here that I've um, labeled to myself as as money grabs. Yeah. And for and part of me does feel like this is one. Uh, the other part of me does also feel like this is going to bring a lot of new people mm-hmm. to the series and the more people that get to experience this the better mm-hmm. you know so for that reason super supportive of it um but for anybody that's played the game before if you want to see i mean i definitely understand wanting to go through it again um with the upgraded graphics and and i guess like smoothness of gameplay mm-hmm. is is and another emphasis of it Oh, and it uses the haptic stuff. Very nice. Very nice. So, like, I, I definitely get it um, because that game period has replay value. Um, so, and so many times have I gone back to an, an older game and thought to myself, like, man, if this was made now, like, can you fucking imagine? So, like, I get it. And I get where this stemmed from and the idea and, and why the people that are pulling it putting it out are so passionate about it. Um, but from my perspective, um, being who I am and what I've been through with this series already, I don't need it. Yeah. 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 But, but props to you if you're, if you listen to this whole thing and you're playing that game for the first time, like, I'm so sorry. (laughs) But no, we said, we let them know about the spoilers, but like, um, but even even with us explaining stuff all willy-nilly the way that we have, it's been a little spread out. But um, definitely, if this is your first chance to play the game, pick that shit up. Please play it. Um, you know, just ask for it for Christmas or something. <laughs> like, fucking get your hands on it because that shit deserves to be played. And it does look beautiful. I will say um, they did give The Last of Us to uh, Last of Us the first one um, remastered that came out on the PS4 on for, they gave it away for free on PlayStation plus. So you most likely have it. If you haven't played it, do do it. <laughs> Play that one, at least. Yeah, absolutely. Cause it definitely holds up. And I think that the fact that it holds up, cause especially because we watch like recap, you watch cutscenes like it, you can tell it's older, but it's not like watching a PlayStation 1 game. <laughs> there's, there's so many games that come out today that don't hold a candle to that shit still. Yeah. It's very true. Um, but so I do want to say to the, like the, the overall, you're, you're most likely right. Cash grab screams cash grab. Um, the people that you can see online that have worked on the game argue that, but that's, that's, and as we were discussing with Last of Us series perspective, yeah. they're not doing it for a cash grab. They got into this business to make games. And they want to make their games. They want to make their games. And they had a chance to make this even better. And you were talking about how great it is to have a whole new uh, set of people to experience this. 
there are a ton of accessibility features that have been added to this. And there are so many like uh, disabled people who weren't, who wouldn't be able to enjoy the first one and for them to be able to implement that and give them a better chance. Um, I think that's awesome. It's great. It's amazing. Um, but yeah, so that's why I'm reluctant to call it a cat. <laughs> I say I'm reluctant, but I literally just said it. Um, <laughs> the people that are like lining their pockets, like severely, obviously they're like, we just want more of this. This, this, this is on brand. There's some CEO. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but at the same time, the people who are actually building it, you don't make a, this game without any heart. And especially because if watch a trailer, they, they've been very transparent on the whole pro built rebuilding process. Um, it's, it's a huge difference. Uh, I do not personally have it. I, I would not recommend getting it if, if you, unless you have the money for it, of course. But, um, I plan to get it on sale at some point cause I definitely want to own it cause I can only imagine playing one to two with the part one. It's going to be so seamless. And that doesn't sound like a huge deal, but I bet it's something you're going to notice when you go through, especially if you've played the original. Um, but that is to say, I don't think anybody should be getting shit on if they did get Last of Us Part 1. Oh. We all want this story to be played, to be enjoyed, and we hope you're all enjoying it. Um, but I think that about wraps us up for Last of Us. We're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to wrap things up with what we've been playing. All right, and we are back. We're about to go over what we've been playing within the last week. Ernest, what have you been playing? So first, let me say, like, real lifetime, this was, like, 15 minutes before we started up again, and I'm still, like, distraught from talking about The Last of Us. <laughs> but um, so I have been playing at the suggestion of my good friend Chris, uh, Death Stranding. And it's been out for a while now, um, but I'm finally getting around to it. Um, I'm playing it on my new PS5 that my friends got for me, and I love it so much. Um, it is the director's cut um, all the way. Uh, it's the one that they have available on PlayStation Plus uh, Extra. Um, premium, too, if you have that. Um, and it's it's just so beautiful. It's so scenic. Um, the acting in it is just great. Um, I, I feel like I'm just watching just regular Norman Reedus on the screen and he's killing it in every scene. You know, uh, we have uh, Guillermo in there, one of our favorite guys, man. That's that's our boy. That's our boy. And uh, Guillermo del Toro, for anybody that's wondering, um, not not what we do in the shadows, Guillermo. Um, shout out to that show. I just caught up. It's great. Um, but I'm playing that game and I'm loving it so far. I'm only so far into it. Um, but I definitely plan to circle back around to it because I just get uh, I just got a new game today uh, that all of my friends are playing and they're all being super secretive about it, man. And how secretive they're being about it is just making me want it want to play it more. Um, Inscription, which all I know about it is it's a card game roguelike of some type, and. Um, and everybody's just hyping it up and loving it so much that I, I, my friends have the best taste, man. And, um, but I'm very excited to play it. Um, and so that's going to be my focus. Um, I'm also planning on starting up a stream for myself. And, uh, I said that I was going to wait to promote it because it's not all the way up and running quite yet. Um, but I plan on getting it up and running, uh, hopefully this weekend, 
and um it's young king zeus on twitch if anybody wants to follow i would appreciate you um if you want to watch even better uh but monday i'm hoping to um start horizon forbidden west on the stream um so that will be my first actual playstation 5 game uh made for the playstation 5 so i'm hoping to start monday with that um hopefully everything goes to plan um but uh inscription in the meantime uh all the time between then so so i've been playing inscription and i've beat the game um and i'm gonna be brief on it because you just gotta play it you just gotta play it it's it's one of those games that i think does everything right with making a video game and it you'll understand what i mean and i'm i want to kind of bet on this that you're not going to be able to get to play in horizon (laughs) because it's is it's got a lot to it it's it's got a lot to it a a lot of replayability i'm not answering any of your questions ernest (laughs) you gotta play it yeah no comment you gotta play it to anybody else out there curious about it I can guarantee that it's a game that you can play. Like, I'm not much of a card game individual. I mean, aside from playing board games with friends, basically. But video game-wise, it's not necessarily my forte even. But this is a game that I've been playing for a whole week now. And I still can't put it down. So even after beating the game, you can't put it down. So I'm, I'm betting. I'm betting here. So I'm also playing Inscription. I just beat it today as of this recording. And I, I never want to like overhype anything. We don't want to do that. But Ernest, there's a huge chance it's my favorite game of the year. Wow. <laughs> wow. It's phenomenal. And for anyone who's curious about it, it is literally $20 on console. I have no idea what it is on PC because I don't game on there. I assume it's cheaper because it's been out for a while there. Um, but if you are just even curious, please don't look anything up. I... Just don't look anything up. No, you can watch the trailer. Yeah, so I've seen I'd seen the trailer um, when they did the indie showcase, um, and that's when they announced that inscriptions coming over. Um, but I hadn't watched it since then, and because I, I had heard from multiple people who had played this and loved this on PC, being like, "The less you know, the better." And dude, it is so true. It is so good on like so many levels. I just want to add that. I'm surprised to not have heard more about it from PC. Um, And I think it's one of those games that's just kind of ended up under people's radars. But I think it's worth talking about. I think the more that people play it, the more that... Not even talking about as in explaining the game, because it's true, the less you know, the better going into it. Because it is a phenomenal game. But it's, it's worth noting it's worth bringing up this game it's worth like there's people that i don't really talk to all too often and i want to go and tell them like you guys got to try this game like it is an amazing game um is this a game that you foresee us talking about in detail someday absolutely yes to not give too much away a lot of what we're praising is the gameplay 
and the gameplay loop, there's a lot more to it than just that. And I'm not going to get any more specific on that. Um, she said she wrapped it up earlier. There's layers and like there's it's a good it's a it's a damn good game. It's a damn good game. Um, but yeah, dude, it's it's phenomenal. I've I've loved it and there like I beat it and I'm still playing it and it's just so fun and there's still just it gives you so much. It's so rewarding. Like you, you remember cuz I got you into Hades. Yeah. Um it's another game that uses roguelike elements, but you f- you don't feel beaten down by having to like go again. Go again. Right. It is the definition of just replayable, and those are just perfect, phenomenal. And that's all I'll say on that. <laughs> um, another game I've been playing is We Are OFK. It is the game I brought up the last time I was on our last gaming episode. They just released episode four. Um, yeah, and the last episode's going to be next week. Wow. Yeah, dude. Um, it's a very good story. It's a very emotional story. I am loving it. Again, you have to be kind of down for these kind of games where it's more like an interactive movie. Um, the texting aspect of it is an interesting way, again, to just get in the heads of certain characters and understand their interactions and then why it's influencing others in certain ways. Um, but... Definitely just wanted to give a shout out to that because I mean, people don't talk about their indie. I would love if the reason because you're right, I hadn't heard about Inscription a lot until we were getting close to this release. I would love if people just loved it so much that they realized we need to not reveal too much. I would love to think that this is the fandom that's like we care <laughs> about other people. The silent ones are the fans. Exactly, because all you need to know it's good. It's worth your time. It's absolutely worth your time. But I think ah yeah. I would say it's better than Cult of the Lambs. And Cult of the Lambs was amazing. It's but this just adds a whole other element to it. It's it's better. It and it's the replayability even that this game you just don't want to put down. I I don't I want to go back and play it already. <laughs> and you're definitely going to want to after just being really depressed about talking about Last of Us for the last few hours. <laughs> um I think that about wraps us up here. So Ernest where can the people find us? So if you're interested in keeping up to date with the show, uh, we have a Twitter out there as well as an Instagram, both under the name of the podcast, Life is Storytelling. Uh, again, we appreciate any feedback that you have for us, whether it be good, whether it be bad, whether it be that gray area like we had in The Last of Us. Um, please uh, reach out to lifeisstorytelling at gmail.com. Um, again, we appreciate you so much for listening, for any feedback that we get, um, for any follows, anything like that. You're so appreciated. Uh, we love you. We love you. Uh, one more thing. So we did touch up on a lot of heavy topics today. Um, and we did talk about how quite a few people are going through different things that you don't even know about. Um, we want to emphasize once again, there's always resources. You want to be like you are heard. People want to hear you. Um, actually recently they just changed the hotline hotline number to be three numbers and it's 988. So if, if you're feeling, you know, down, if you're feeling like life is getting too hard on you, that's completely okay. Just reach out to someone. They want to hear you. Absolutely. Um, the world is better with you in it. So I think that about wraps us up here. Ernest, Ashley, thank you for being here with me talking all things The Last of Us, as well as some gaming news. I love you guys. Ashley, again, thank you for hosting in this wonderful mansion. Um, just filled with cats. 
But that is all we have time for today. Thank you all for listening and have a great night.